You know how lawyers like to say, this is not legal advice, and then tell you a bunch of legal sounding stuff? Well, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm telling you what, this episode of my podcast is legal advice, and you can use it. You can go kill someone based on what you what you hear here, and I guarantee it, you'll be fine. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. There's an interesting self-defense case in the news right now uh, about a man named Jose Alba, A-L-B-A. And he was a bodega worker in New York City. Um, so I'm sure he's not related to Jessica Alba, but I want to say I went to New York City once, and I passed, I passed Jessica Alba on the sidewalk. I mean, I didn't do anything. I just looked at her, and as she went by, if you don't know, anyways, super famous actress. But this bodega worker, so first off, I, you know, like I never heard the word bodega until the last 10 years, and now you hear it all the time. I think it just means a small market. It's like a mini mart. I don't know, like an organ, you call it a mini mart. I don't know. Maybe it has to be kind of Spanish oriented. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know, but I'm going to guess a bodega is a Hispanic mini mart. I think that's what it is. So Jose Alba, he's a 62. Two-year-old man with a penis, and I think he's been working at bodegas for 30 years. He's been a U.S. citizen for 14 years, and I think he was born in the Dominican Republic. And he's, I don't know, he's just like a normal, he's a normal-looking dude, you know, normal-looking 62-year-old with kind of graying hair and stuff. And what all this is caught on video, I think you know, this kind of stuff happens all the time, but it's not caught on video. This one's on video. That's why America's talking about it. But some woman, I don't know if she, it sounds like maybe she was white, but I don't know. Let's just say some woman uh, went into the bodega to buy some chips for her daughter. And she was going to use food stamps, you know, otherwise known as EBT card, to buy them. And the card was declined. I guess she was out of money. And she says that Jose Alba snatched the chips out of her daughter's hands when it was declined. So she went out to... Her car to get her boyfriend to give Mr. Alba a talking to. And her boyfriend comes back in and he's, uh, looks like he's about 30, and you kind of see him from the back. Anyways, he's about, I think he's about 30 to 40 years old. Uh, he's a black man and he's a large man. Like, I guarantee you, he could, he could have kicked me before he was dead. He could have kicked my ass hard, easy, just one punch and knocked my ass out. Or at least that's how he looked. And that may be relevant to the stuff I'm going to talk about later. So I'll kind of describe the video. The camera is, it's shining, or shining, it's, it's, uh, it's showing the area behind the, the counter where the worker is, you know. It's the worker side of the counter. And so, are we just going to call him the black guy? I don't know his name. Anyways, we're just going to call him the black guy. I know, it's racist. But so the... Well, maybe we should call it, well, no, that's, okay, that is racist. Let's come up with another thing. We'll call him the dead guy. So anyways, the video shows the dead guy is, like, talking to Alba. You can't hear what he's saying. You know, he could be, say, he could be saying, I'm going to murder you. Or he could be saying, you know, I just want to talk to you. I'm a totally peaceful man. We don't know. And that'll be important, too. But he kind of shoves Alba, and Alba falls down, but he, he lands in a chair. Just lands in a chair, so he's sitting in a chair now. And all this stuff happens quite fast. But so Alba, he gets up and he starts, you know, trying to kind of go past the guy. I mean, this area, the area behind the counter is very small. It's like, it's wide enough for one person to, it's like an aisle. It's like an aisle for wide enough for one person. 
Uh, yeah, if you want to watch, oh, I'll talk about it in a second. Anyways, he gets up to leave, and he's kind of like, you know, trying to squeeze past the uh, dead guy. And then the dead guy starts grabbing him. And then Alba, you can't really tell what's in his hand, but I guess it was a box knife. Some sort of some sort of knife, but, you know, like a razor knife with a short blade. It's not like a big, um, it's not a big horror movie knife. It's like a smaller knife. Anyways, he, the guy grabs him while he's going past, and just Alba just kind of goes out and does a slash right at the guy's neck. And then there starts to be blood everywhere, and then, at least the video I've seen, that's where it stops. I believe he's supposed to have, sla- you know, uh, cut the guy multiple times, but I can only, uh, only saw one. And now this part is not entirely clear, but I think the girlfriend comes with a knife and, like, stabs Alba a few times. And sometimes it sounds like she did that before the confrontation, and but I think it was after the confrontation. And so if you want to watch this video, I mean, you know, you can go on YouTube, you can do a general Google search. Um, they usually give you like a censored thing, you know, or whatever, you know, here you can watch You can watch the 30 second clip in the middle of a 10 minute video, or you can watch a censored version or whatever horse shit the internet wants to do to protect you from yourself. But so I recommend Twitter, go to Twitter. I think if, I don't think you have to have an, an account. So just go to Twitter, search for Jose Alba and, and then you got to select media anyways, just there you go. There's a little trick for you, dear listener, if you want to see the uncut stuff. Twitter is the one that doesn't censor stuff that bad. And so, there's the video, and now the plot thickens. So, New York City has a one of those progressive DAs named Alvin Bragg, uh, B-R-A-G-G. And he's one of those ones who's like, you know, putting people in prison is racist, we're not going to do that anymore. But he charges this guy with murder two, which is the highest murder um, allowable in this situation. And I don't know what the penalty is, but I think, you know, decades. You can get decades in prison for it. And, in fact, he has put in Rikers. This is world famous. The New York prison is world famous. It's called Rikers, and it's not a good one. New York is a very nice city at this point, but Rikers is still a hellhole. Anyways, guy gets thrown in Rikers for murder two. And I guess he was planning a vacation back to the Dominican Republic. And so the prosecutor asked for a very high bail, a half million dollar bail. I mean, actually, I think I think that would be a normal standard bail for murder too. It depends if you think this is a clear-cut case of self-defense. A lot of people think this is a clear-cut case of self-defense. We're going to talk about that, but if it isn't self-defense at all, then it would just be a normal bail. But people are like, what? You can't. Can't do such a high bail. So, anyways, the judge cut it from five hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand, and then they cut it down to fifty thousand. You know, on a different day, and you have to pay ten percent of your bail. So his family came up with the five grand, and he's out. And you don't get the five grand back. You pay ten percent of your bail, and the bail bondsman gets to keep your money, and they put up the the rest. And so, that's basically that's what that's how we we are we are now up to date on the court case the story but it's just it's a big news item outside of the actual case in the video because of like for instance alvin bragg who um i mean i don't know let's just put it bluntly it seems like he wants to let out black criminals but if you're if you kill a black criminal then uh he wants to throw you in prison and i didn't mention but the dead guy uh yeah he had a long history of whatever he had a record as long as your arm I think some of it violent, some of it not. 
I think his parents said he was trying to get his life in order. You're always trying to get your life in order when you go throwing someone around. But so the DA Bragg, I mentioned this before, but he, he came under criticism because he came out, he's like, he came out with a piece of a paper, a whatever, a, mem- a memo that said, you know, hey, this is how we're going to treat crime going forward now that I'm DA. And it was a bunch of stuff like, you know, we're not going to, whatever, we're not going to put people in jail. We're not going to put people in prison. And he had a decent, you know, he had a list of maybe like five um, misdemeanors that they were not going to prosecute. Uh, the one that, the one, one of the ones I remember was resisting arrest. So basically, if a cop tries to arrest you for something, uh, you can resist and try and get away. And if you can't get away, I guess, you won't be prosecuted for trying to get away. So, you know, that just, that's bad incentives. It's like, hey, everyone try and get away every single time. And I think after that memo came out, uh, a couple cops got assassinated or something. And then he had to walk a lot of this stuff back. But so the memo also said that if you're not really in danger of being murdered during a robbery, then we're not going to call it. We're not going to call it a felony. We're going to call it a misdemeanor. So basically, it's like if the robber had a fake gun that looked real, then that's fine. That's fine. You know, you can, you know, you might spend a few nights in jail. Now, if you have a real gun, that's different. But if you have a fake gun that looks real. And anyways, he had to walk all that stuff back, but that's kind of his story. That's the DA story. Like I say, like I haven't heard anyone else say this, but it seems like if you're a criminal, he wants to protect you. You know, is it because the criminals are more likely to be black, or does he just love criminals, or whatever? He's like, he, you know, he's going to go to the wall to protect all the criminals, but if you do some sort of self-defense, uh, he's going to take you down like a motherfucker. So we'll see on, we'll just see what happens with the case. We'll see what happens to the... DA, I don't think they have a recall thing. Like, they, they recalled the San Francisco DA for similar stuff. I don't think New York has that option. Maybe he can be impeached. I think basically he's in there for now. It'll be fun to watch. I think the, America's going to be keeping an eye on him every time he he prosecutes someone and there's a video or doesn't prosecute someone and there's a video. Uh, from now on, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny. But so now, was it self-defense? Like, I mean, we don't know. First, jury decides, obviously. Jury decides. But uh, there's, a, there's a guy, uh, Law of Self-Defense. He's a YouTuber and a podcaster that I like to listen to, and he always breaks down this self-defense stuff. I mean, he's you know, basically, you follow him. Like, if you want to carry a gun and kill someone and not go to prison over it, you should follow this guy's channel. He'll tell you when you can use your gun and when you can't. Although I did a little trolling on Facebook. I, uh, I just wanted to post the video because it's, it's a pretty good video. Um, so I posted the video on Facebook. And I said, you don't need a gun for self-defense. Which is, you know, it's a little bit of trolling. It's a little bit of a joke. It's a little bit of just uh, showing my friends the video. You know, I guess the uh, the uh, the read between the lines of what I said was, yeah, just use a box cutter and slash their neck open. But so, in any case, there are five things that you have to do for self-defense. I think this is across the, pretty much across, across the country. It's definitely in New York, but pretty much across the country. And they are... Innocence, imminence, reasonableness, proportionality, and avoidance. And so, I guess not all st- uh, states have the avoidance thing. Have you, have you ever heard like the stand your ground uh, law, where you don't have to you don't have to run away? So, anyways, in New York, they don't have that. They got somewhere. If you can run, you need to run. So the first one is innocence. And so, like if you start the fight. You can't start a fight 
and then when someone punches, you know, you can't punch someone, they punch you back, and then you blow them away with a gun. You got to be innocent. The other person has to start the whole situation. Imminence means it has to be an imminent threat. It has to be like right now, or it needs to, it needs to be either happening right then or about to happen. Can't be something that happened yesterday. Can't be something that happened tomorrow. If someone says they're going to kill you on the phone, you can't drive over to their place and shoot them. Proportionality means that if someone does something little to you, you can't do something huge back. You know, if a if a two-year-old punches you in the balls, you can't shoot them. That's not proportional. Although look out for those two-year-olds because they will try and do that sometimes. And also, you can't you can't punch them in the balls back because you're too big. Okay, and reasonableness. I haven't. I'm listening to this guy break the stuff down. I haven't gotten to that one. It's got to be reasonable. I think maybe when they say reason, reasonable is a, is a word you'll hear in legal cases like all the freaking time. And basically, what that means is it can't be like you, you can't be afraid. It's not like were you afraid for your life? It'll be like was a re, would a reasonable person have been afraid for their life? For instance, like just because you're bonkers crazy. That doesn't count. You gotta look. You gotta look at the situation. How a reasonable, normal, average, everyday American would have dealt with the situation, not necessarily what was going on in the mind of the person charged with the crime. And so, basically, no one. Whatever. We'll just see how this court case goes. But like, was he innocent? I mean, he definitely didn't start it. He's just a. I mean, I don't know. Grabbing a bag of chips away from a ten-year-old. Uh, I'm sure ten-year-olds shoplift all the time or whatever. I mean, obviously, this whole little family, this whole little family, they're not very good people. You may need to ba- grab that bag of chips away or uh, or just let them take it for free. But anyways, seems like he was innocent. I don't know. I mean, he was breaking this part down. Here's what the prosecutor will say. There was two fights. There was the non-deadly fight where the guy goes behind the counter and is throwing him around a little bit. Doesn't really punch him, but he's throwing him and grabbing him and jerking him around. And so that was one fight. And then after that, the prosecutor will say, there was a second fight where, you know, it was a knife fight. A knife fight to the jugular. And so Jose Alba, maybe he was he was innocent in the first fight where there was no knives involved, no weapons involved. But he started the second fight where there were weapons involved. And obviously this is not necessarily, I, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. I am... I guess my opinion is I'm about halfway on this stuff. You can just figure, I don't know if I'm going to go through all five things. I just want to say all five things there. Now, my opinion on this, I'm not sure. Like, the dead guy, this big black man who's much younger than the other guy, is going in there and kind of jerking around and throwing him around and not letting him leave. Um, I don't know. Like, I would be scared. I would be scared for my life. Oh, I guess that's the other thing. So you either have to be afraid that the person is going to kill you or do great bodily harm. And so that's where I think this guy's going to get off. I mean, he wasn't going to get killed. The black guy was probably going to, whatever, he's probably going to throw him into the wall or something. You know, at a minimum. I mean, he may be, may be a lot worse. But he was going to harm the guy, but he wasn't going to kill the guy. You know, he didn't come in there with a gun or something. So the question was, was it, was it all just one little, was it all one thing where he feared great bodily harm or was it, oh, it's a separate thing where you could have made a different decision and you weren't going to die. So we'll just see what happens on that. Let's see. Okay, so innocence. I guess I'll go through it. In, is he innocent? Uh, it depends if you call it one fight or two fights. Was it imminent? Hell yeah, because it was happening right then. Uh, was it proportional? 
once again, that's like if a big black guy is throwing you around and you're a little old Hispanic man, um, does a little old Hispanic man get to pull out a knife? And that's proportional. Now it's a big black guy against a little Hispanic man with a knife, and now that's a, a fair fight? Or no, the old little Hispanic man has to fight him with his fists. I don't know. Now avoidance is kind of interesting because he did try to leave, and the guy grabbed him as he was. I mean, that, you know, I mean, it's it's all a split second. These things are always a split second. But he's trying to get past him to get out of there, and as soon as the guy grabs him to prevent him from leaving, is when he cuts him in the throat. So I don't. I think avoidance. Uh, did I mention earlier avoidance is not? Most states don't require avoidance, but New York does. And I think when someone grabs you when you're trying to leave, uh, you're cool on avoidance. Whatever. I forget the other. I forget the other one. I should have wrote these things down. Anyways, there's a some legal horseshit mumbo jumbo from me. Hope you enjoyed it. Let's play a clip from. Uh, I think his name is Andrew Branca, Law of Self Defense. He says it better than me. So for Alba's claim of self-defense to be legally viable, he has to have all of these five elements. Innocence, not the initial aggressor, here in the, in the context of the deadly force fight. Uh, imminence, that the th danger he was facing was actually occurring or immediately about to occur. Again, in this context, that he was facing an imminent deadly force threat. He was clearly under attack. Uh, proportionality, uh, whether the degree of attack was deadly force in nature, so as to justify his use of deadly defensive force. That's the proportionality. Uh, avoidance, whether or not he had a safe avenue of retreat and failed to take advantage of it before using deadly force in self-defense. And um, uh, reasonableness, whether he had the genuine good faith belief in the need to use deadly force in self-defense and whether that subjective belief was also objectively reasonable. That's what has to be present in his claim of self-defense. And so this lawyer, he mentions something that I've become sensitized to lately, which is that American law is based on English common law. And not only is it based on that, but like the Supreme Court or whatever, they can actually look back to English common law stuff to uh, make their judgments. Like your court case could be like uh, chartreuse is better than pumpernickel. And the judge could be like, well, you know what? In the last 250 years of American law, that has never been answered. But I can go to some 500-year-old law, and it says, oh, pumpernickel is better. You're going to prison for life. So every time I hear that English common law actually has an effect on American laws, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take note of that. It's interesting. But, you know, this guy is a self-defense guy. He makes his money, uh, I don't know what, selling books about self-defense but I wouldn't buy the books. But anyways, he's a self-defense guy. And he says that, uh, so self-defense laws actually go back to the Greeks and the Romans. I mean, it probably goes back before that, but, you know, that's, the, that's as far back as you can go that has, like, written down laws, I think. But then he says, you know, even, you know, sure you got your English law, sure you got your uh, Roman law, and even all the way to the, back to the Greeks, um... But he says, you know, self-defense is actually even more fundamental. You could even call it a natural law. Like animals know that they can defend themselves. An animal knows if they are attacked by another animal, they can fucking attack that animal right back. And I guess what's interesting about that is sometimes you'll hear someone say, or maybe, maybe they'll even say it in the Constitution or whatever, it'll be like, something is a God-given right. So apparently, you know, 
you got your God-given rights and you got your natural laws and uh, judges can take all this stuff into account when they're making their decisions. So that's interesting. Twitter handle at Anti-Woke Podcast and thanks for listening.